we're talking about Dune today. I'm doing great. How are you doing? It's the Dune theme. Are you, are you doing good? I'm doing good. Everyone's making Dune puns. So what is that instrument you placed so tenderly to your lips there? Is it a harmonica? It's a melodica. A marlotica? Marlotica kikata? It's like a gay harmonica. It's like in prison, if you play a harmonica, people will leave you alone because you added like a nice ambiance. But if you played a melodica in prison, they would shove it down your throat, you know? Oh, wow. Like It's like a little piano that you blow into. Like that scene in... um... Uh, the Paul Newman prison movie, what's it called? Cool Hand Luke, where he's, I think, doesn't he play harmonica when he learns his mom died and everyone's real sad in the prison? Yeah, I, I think that would be, I think that's how I would survive in the prison. I would set, try and set myself up as the harmonica guy. I would um, learn to play harmonica very well. Fun prison right now in America is Rikers Island. That one's a fun one to go at, be at, be in, experience the smells, the, the you know. The Is there madness. a lot of COVID being being exchanged? In also, Rikers I Island? mean, I think like they also like they don't really have toilets or like heat and it leaks when it rains and there's no AC and the inmates run the place. And then they, you've yeah. been reading about Rikers Island recently it's uh they're trying to close it down but uh, i don't think they're gonna do it you know it's like how you know you try to close uh, guantanamo down uh where are these guys gonna go rikers island so mm. <laughs> it's just like a closed loop they're like well where are we gonna put them and then someone is like mm. rikers island and so you can't ever close it mm. what's their uh island prison in uh canada you guys got one I don't know if we have an island prison. We probably have. We have. We have one third of Guantanamo Bay as ours. No, that's not an island either. Wait, really? Uh, no, no, that's not oh, actually true. Oh, okay. I'm just making up. I'm just making up facts. Uh, I'm sure. What what is considered an island prison? Vancouver Island for some people. Ha ha! Because mm. it's filled with. Uh, it's filled with sort of hippie-ish people. And you you sort of get used to that lifestyle, and you can't go back to the harsh world. It's like the Shire, you know. Hmm. It's like the Shire of weed smoking people who are also deranged anti-vaxxers. Cool. You get like a lot of Vancouver Island, you know, because they're hippies. They believe in like Natural News Network, and Wait, you know, Natural News Network. Uh, yeah, you you re, do you remember that old website Natural News? It was all about you know how like the government is poisoning us, GMOs poisoning your children, chemicals in the water. The same line as Alex Jones, you know, they're making the frogs gay. You know, microplastics are are uh, the these sort of like conservative hippies retout that. That's like what what recurring antagonist Derek Sloan, who's who <laughs> who doesn't really exist anymore. Um, at least not in the way that we know it. But he, he was funny because he was a uh, Seventh-day Adventist, and they were kind of like that granola hippie combined with ultra-conservatism, which mm. is a very funny combination of things. And a thing you see a lot in Canada. Our fascism is very granola. You know who's like Varg? Varg mm-hmm. is pretty granola. He's, yeah. sort of a, he's sort of a hippie. Yeah, he's like, build your own toys. Yeah. <laughs> and they should be swastikas. The toys should be swastikas, but build them yeah. build them yourself. Does he like Hitler? Is he a Hitler guy? I don't think he's a Hitler guy. He hates yeah, no, the Nazis. He's like, he no, likes he's the like a, He's like a, a Hitler was not pure enough kind of guy. Uh, okay. He's and but people love him and interact with him regularly because you know yeah. why not? 
I don't know. I don't see him. He's actually shadow banned. I'm pretty sure on Twitter. Really? Yep. You can tell. I've excuse Mm. me. You can tell when someone's shadow banned because their shit never makes it to your feed. Mm Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, who who can we not reclaim as a cultural figure? Have we reclaimed OJ officially as a as a cultural figure yet? We've just collectively shrugged and gone okay. He's, he's back, you know. No one gets upset when OJ does his, like, sports things, his sports videos. Uh, certain people get upset. It. There's always people in his replies being like, you killed Nicole and, and the guy. Yeah, Ron, but it's Ron? not, like, tabloid stuff anymore. Yeah. Or, you know, what's, I guess, when, uh, what would be, what would OJ have to do to be surreal? Like, what if OJ endorsed Bernie Sanders? That would be fucking funny. But OJ no. endorsed AOC. OJ no. was a huge AOC. He's uh, very middle of the road. Yes, yeah. <laughs> did was did OJ vote for Obama? You think? Oh, definitely. Oh, that's cool. And then he voted probably for Trump. He's probably the yeah, Obama yeah. Trump voter. He, OJ is the perfect example of the Obama Trump voter. You know? Yeah, he is that demographic to a D. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, I can you think of other people who are Obama Trump voters? I'm sure this happened more than once. I think that's a very funny demographic to be in. Mm. You know, to just sort of go with the winds of change, to be influenced by truly by trends and not by any conviction. Yeah, I vote for whoever seems the most popular. I think The Rock was probably an Obama Trump voter as well. I think I think the well, Rock voted for well, Trump. He might be our next, uh, you know, one of our next future, next future president guys. I hope so. I, th- I mean, that's where it's going anyway. I was talking about the ongoing, how everything is just IP nonsense, a la Kingdom Hearts, uh, and the Senate is already. It's gonna, it's gonna start to become Kingdom Hearts. Like you're gonna have, you're gonna have Tony the Tiger. You know, a hologram of Tony the Tiger win an election in West Virginia, and then he's going to face off on, like, a Michael Jackson impersonator, and uh, that'll win. You know, it's going to be it's gonna be like that movie, Mr. You, Lonely. You're saying, it, you're saying it like it's a bad thing. No, but Donald Trump opened the door because <laughs> he's a guy from somewhere else. These worlds are colliding. Yeah. A Donald Trump world is mixing with the Senate world, and traditionally— I mean, you've had celebrity guys like it's it, it, Al Franken is kind of like that because the SNL guy is on the oh, like and he wielded his weird celebrity uh, to benefit him politically. So it's not even like Donald Trump is the first even cynical example of that. So I don't know. Is yeah, Al Franken more politi- qualified? Since politicians don't uh, really get anything done, they might as well be entertaining. And so. Yeah. The entertaining ones. There you go. Yeah, the entertaining ones start to win. Those clowns in Congress. They they really should be clowns in Congress. All comedian Congress. That's what we should do. Oh my Dave God. Chappelle. Everyone would love a Congressperson Dave Chappelle. He would be he would be great. He would be a magnet for hate. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Let's get let's get back to the topic at hand. Dune. Did you see Dune? I didn't see Dune, but oh. everybody's talking about Dune, and it grossed forty million in its opening weekend, oh. which should have been probably higher. But hopefully, it will spread for with word of mouth because I, I'm believing in the hype. I'm going to see it on Monday. Wait, so you you're going to pay for it? 
I'm gonna pay for it. I'm gonna. I advise not paying for it. I would like to pay for it. If you pay for it, there might be a sequel. So just watch out. Um, Be careful how you use your money. Is what I want to say. There you go. Spend your dollars wisely. Yeah. Now Now, maybe you should. Is what you're saying. Maybe you should use that money on the book Dune. I I haven't read Dune, but everybody's talking about it. You've read Dune. Yeah, I've read Dune a couple of times. It's a good book. Better than any movie could be. You you think so? You don't think that uh, Denis Villeneuve will accomplish the impossible and exceed the literature in every way? No, it's impossible. I'm I'm betting it. I'm betting on it. It's impossible for uh, a film to be better than a book. Uh, I disagree. There have been some films that have the been, only uh, maybe like, the only time list. the only time I have seen it maybe done is The Shining. What about Die Hard? Die Hard's based on a book. That's funny. I didn't know that. Then uh, nobody. I haven't cares read about the it. Die Hard book, so I don't. I know. haven't read the Die Hard, but I can't make a fair assessment. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure <laughs> it has a really funny name too. Oh my God, I'm forgetting it the name. It only ever the Die works Hard with book. really bad writers. So like, uh, probably a bunch of Tom Clancy movies are better than the Tom Clancy books because he's a horrible writer. Um, yeah. But Dune is a great book, so so it's a work of art. What's so great about it? Why do people like it so much? Space cocaine space cocaine yeah. it's very 70s everybody it's it like he really vibed out frank herbert really vibed out to what the 70s would be yeah uh space You're cocaine going through and, a desert of space cocaine and the worms are coming at you worms, everybody's yeah. androgynous um you androgynous know. special boys in the desert the special boys in the desert were doing a prog rock <laughs> opera to the plot of dune oh my god yeah I wish I could go back in time and take away how much fucking time I wasted thinking about doing a rock opera. Doom. 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 It's the, you know, that's how, that's the opening prologue. That's how, that's, that's the riff that yeah. goes throughout it. Well, thank you Doom. for bringing in the analog music instruments today. Um <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I had some. I wish I had a tambo in my corner. I have a. I have a couple of shakers down in the basement. I could pull out of a store. Yeah, have some shakers. It would do some instrumentals. We could be like the Morning Zoo crew. We are the Morning Zoo crew, except we come in the afternoon on Sunday, the worst time to release podcasts. Is Sunday the worst time to release podcasts? I don't think so. I don't know what people want. No, because they want the work with it. You know, the work week's about to start. You're going to want to listen to something during the week while you're doing your menial labor job where it's emailing someone about Mm -hmm. some bullshit. Collect your little pod berries. Collect your little little pod guys where you can simulate a conversation with these funny guys. Uh, Dune. The story of a special little boy. Uh, what, what What is so good about it? The book? Oh, he's, you know, it's like all those animes about the boy with special powers and a strained relationship with his father. It's the exact same plot. It's pretty much every uh, plot since the Odyssey. Uh, it's Evangelion as well. Yeah. Is Paul as much of a little bitch as Shinji? Yeah, Paul's kind of a, a little bitch, but he he um he learns how to do. He learns how to do, mm-hmm. in fact. He... <laughs> <laughs> He's doing all right. He dunes it well. Well, he becomes like some kind of messianic figure, and then 
tries to control the movement. Uh, yeah. It doesn't work out, I don't think. Yeah, people say it's like a white savior thing, but it's not really a white savior thing. Well, I mean, it's everyone in the like... book is white, so, I mean, whatever. <laughs> uh it's your imagination, yeah. man. Just there, use your imagination. You can make everyone in the... But you can make them... Are they ever described uh, uh, explicitly like that? Like in Harry Potter, are, where she's like, yeah. Harry shimmering white skin. Does she say that? Oh, yeah, she's always... <laughs> she's <laughs> always talking about how, how white a, Harry's skin is. Harry's beautiful alabaster skin, <laughs> pearlescent in the summer wind. And then she called <laughs> Hagrid, like, swarthy. <laughs> i like the idea of the it's just we have missed the hidden white supremacist overt white supremacist messaging of harry potter this yeah. whole time you know voldemort was bad because you know he wanted to i don't know Vol harry potter is against the the fascists but it's very liberal i guess is the critique of it but maybe it's just pro-fascist because you know the wizards just seem to do what they want with impunity as well. Well, it's or it's if not fascism, it's sort of like that objectivist Ayn Rand fantasy of just, you know, the smartest and best people cutting away from the rest of the people. There is an elite class that have a subtle influence over the world, but they mostly stay out of it, which is also the theme of The Eternals, a movie that's set to come out are, this week. Did you, uh, are you going to watch that one? That piece of garbage? Um, I'm... You, I'm, I'm a, I'm a completist. I, I, I have to torture myself with these Marvel movies because I need to see, I need to see where they take the franchise at this point. I'm still oh, invested so on the wheel of misery. Don't do it. Uh, Don't do it. I've, I've seen them all up to this point. Wait, I saw fucking Shang Chi. Just wait until you're on an airplane in 2030. That's. I'm not, I'm oh ready. no, I'm not going to pay for the Eternals. I'm going to wait till it comes out on streaming. Yeah. There's. No way I would so you, pay for do that Do you have shit. Disney Plus? I guess I don't have Disney Plus. Ah, fuck one? it, I can pirate it. Who cares? Yeah, let's pirate it. This is the pirate Man, podcast. Pir Return of the pirate age. So the way you're going to pirate it is you're going to go to www.google.com and search Happy Virus Torrent. Yes, you're going to search Happy Virus Torrent. Also, we are Norwegian. <laughs> we, are, we are German Norwegian guys. Because it's the pirate pay. <laughs> Well, you know, because they're the pirates, you know, and all the pirate people are from this sort of generic Nordic region that exists somewhere in the middle of the Baltic Sea. I think the pirates were from Africa during a lot of the pirating uh, age, like the Barbary like, Coast. So they were like African mm -hmm. Muslims, I think. I don't know. Hmm. Might, might be a, a historical, but I remember the America started having problems with pirates in like the early 1800s. Because we were trying mm. to ship stuff, and there are all these pirates, and then all these people being like, "Oh, there's all these dang pirates off the Barbary coast." Yeah. Uh, well, I think our, our vision of the modern pirate has been colored by uh, media that is, you know, maybe a touch exploitative. Uh, you know, Captain Phillips and such. Yeah, the Everyone treasure island stuff. It. Uh, what is there anyone has anyone done a movie where someone is kidnapped by like uh, South Asian pirates because there's a there's a lot of everyone in media it's expressed good, there's a lot of pirating in that Muppet, era. The Archer Muppet gets movie. kidnapped. It's like do a Muppet, <laughs> a very serious Muppet Asian East Asian pirate kidnapping movie. 
Oh no, Piggy, we've been kidnapped by these Filipino pirates. Miss Miss Piggy immediately gets shot in the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the first scene of the movie. Takes a bullet, yeah. <laughs> the splatters. Yeah, I think that's the how they got to go for the Muppet franchise. And it was just extreme violence, which I think Jim Henson would be fine. I don't know if he would be upset that Disney has warped his creation. Quentin Tarantino's Filipino Muppet Pirate. That's what the tenth Quentin the the tenth Quentin Tarantino movie will be a Muppet movie. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm thinking of branching out into Muppets. I what I what I really like about the Muppets is their their ability to to express human characters. You know, they really they really fall into a scene like the, uh, the old timey effects. We want to oh. we really want to bring the feeling of those '70s movies back. You know, where, where anything could happen. So yeah. after Miss Piggy gets shot in the head in the first scene, the, the camera just zooms in on her feet. <laughs> their foot zooms in on her hooves her little, yeah. her little piggy feet yeah <laughs> has like a sad italian ballad playing over it yeah and the, as, the, you know. the human of course you know who's going to be in like the human the human characters christoph waltz mm-hmm. it's going to be like christoph the captain waltz, yeah. there you go uh who else probably brad pitt uh brad <laughs> you think you could get brad pitt I guess yeah. good. he's a he's a Tarantino stalwart. I think the move would be to get Brad Pitt to voice a Muppet that looks like Brad Pitt. I think that would be, mm. that's what are you, you going to see the uh, new uh, Wes Anderson movie? Yeah, I'm seeing that tonight. Oh I'm God, gonna, you're so lame. I'm so I'm such I'm a big <laughs> fag. I'm, I'm a big gay. No, I don't go anywhere and over. do anything. So that's way cooler than going out to the movies. Uh, Wes Anderson, there, there was a backlash against Wes Anderson because he is of an, he sort of, he came to rise in an age when tweeness became a, a way to, uh, became a shorthand for trying to evoke depth. And so that was a hallmark of the Williamsburg fashion thing. So he was, people, when people rejected that, they also rejected Wes Anderson's aesthetic, but he kept moseying on and doing the same thing, but better and better. And apparently that's what this movie is. It's like his thing, but he's fine-tuning his aesthetic constantly, which is sort of interesting. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Wes, Wes Anderson, I like, so did I ever talk to you about uh, Frank Zappa's idea of conceptual continuity? Pro- I think it was like last episode. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I, I like this idea because some people, some directors have it more than others. Um, whereas, you know, Steven Soderbergh doesn't really have like a conceptual continuity because he's a one for them and one for me guy or like Ocean's Eleven. I don't know if you can connect it. I I guess you could probably, you could think hard enough and uh, connect it to the girlfriend experience, but it's definitely not as cohesive as when you watch like the Wes Anderson films in a row and they keep evolving it's the same way that i feel about like david lynch movies like you can watch david lynch movies and it 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 always is just like so idiosyncratic that it can't be anybody else i guess is the way to describe it which is uh is a rare quality even if it is unbearably twee at times and uh so what are you how are you gonna pregame for this wes anderson movie you're gonna like take a bunch of pills gonna smoke weed uh you're gonna like yeah i don't think that's enough man i think you need what what you don't you don't you have like you have an incredibly fucking uh esoteric drink you have like 
It was made of a West Palm soil, which included the branch of a juniper heart and the oven-roasted kidney of a large crocodile. And, you know, Rafe Fiennes drinks it in, a, in an amusing fashion where he's sipping at an irritating rhythm or something. You know, it's very, <laughs> it's precious, you know. They so write themselves. Just as a side thing, you, you find the, the, uh, the rhythm of sipping to be irritating occasionally, maybe time to time. No, but I'm just describing the, 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 the very esoteric detail that would appear in a Wes Anderson movie, you know. He only sipped at, he, he sipped at various uh, forms in Morse code. He would always spell out what he was feeling in Morse code while sipping or something like that. I think that. there's going to be a of... narrator on this one. Sure, there's always fucking narrators. There's always some guy. It was Alec Baldwin <laughs> in, oh, in the Royal Tenenbaums. Alec Baldwin. Alec he Baldwin, was in the was news the this week. Voice. He was in the news this week, which is a um, very, very interesting and evolving story because people were at first like, oh, Alec Baldwin, this is a tragedy for everyone. But then more stuff came out that, oh, no, wait, he was a producer and people were like walking off the set due to the fact that they had allegedly hired uh, non-union prop masters and armorers in order to get around the IATSE rules. Uh, scabbing while also IATSE, 60,000 film and television workers are uh, threatening strike still, I believe. And the, the, it's Yahtzee, the name? Their their name is Yahtzee? I, I Yahtzee. I Yahtzee. I, I have a Yahtzee. I Yahtzee. Okay. Uh, it's a very fun, it's a it's a powerful union because the name is fun to say. That's Ayatsi. how things go most of the time. Um, well, but this strike they're threatening is not part of the Baldwin killing. No, well, it forms a, it for, uh, potentially it is because... Uh, no, that, I, I guess that's not part of it. But they weren't using union workers. Uh, yeah, which well, you get what you pay are, for, right? Yeah. yeah, well, you're illustrating the need for union workers and proper safety provisions. Because they say, you know, the, the film mill, it, it generates fresh from college, desperate for work, PAs, and people that will take any job. So they say, yeah, I can do prop gun stuff. How hard is that? And, you know, then uh, someone gets shot. How are they... How is this happening? Like, how are this? Why is the prop gun firing a projectile? Uh, because I I don't I don't can't know they I, do, I, I, like, I don't know that detail of the story. They do how did it happen with the crow? Well, that was a blank, and that was but that was before computer like computers could do a lot, you know. And so the crow with the crow, it was a blank, and the the blank is like a shell with nothing in it except for like gunpowder and no bullet at the end of it so it's just mm. but the the gunpowder in the shell is like there's like a cap on one end and that cap apparently turned sideways mm. as it was exiting the chamber and that somehow that's it lodged itself into Brandon Lee's chest but you'd think these with in this day and age you could have like a prop gun that doesn't actually physically need to fire you could just go into it with the computer and make yeah. make a bang noise that's pre-recorded and put a flash on it and it would probably yeah, look realistic well, yeah. people don't like i mean it's people like their effects people like effects well yeah <laughs> they like their effects but all the blood I mean, effects should are... be safe this is like a thing that every every movie for the last 
you know, it, it, however many years did without incident over and over and over because they there are proper safety provisions for doing it. They do. And I know they do computer-assisted gunfire visualizations, so there's really no excuse. Like, save some money on the on the and do real blood effects but do fake gunfire that's you know keep it safe yeah. out there <laughs> uh and people were admonishing people for but uh, so i guess like the heat is on alec baldwin as well because he is a producer as a producer he controlled the ability to hire uh scabs or not and apparently he went with the scabs yeah i figured this was going to probably be bad for him uh, maybe it'll end his career yeah, but he had a good run. <laughs> I mean, I do you think he's poor? Do you think he's got a lot of debt to pay off? It would be funny if he did. It'd be funny if it's like the reason why he's doing Rust is because it's a Nicolas Cage situation where he has to constantly launder his own money. Well, it's just another movie I'll be watching on an airplane in 10 or 15 years. You think it's still going to get made, Rust? You think Rust is still going to get made? Oh, they kind of have to now. He's probably going to be sued, and he needs now he's really going to need money. Yeah. <laughs> what I would do is be like, all the proceeds to this movie will go to the victim's family. Mm. Yeah, he can use it as a tax write-off. Exactly. Hollywood accounting. Yes. Hollywood he, accounting. You should call him and tell him. Mr. Baldwin. Holly, Hollywood accounting is a sinister phrase because it's two Jewish things in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Hollywood and accounting. Terrible. This is how it strikes in them. I'm Jewish, by the way. <laughs> oh, so yeah, you can, he can say that, by the way. Just, I can, can say that. Yeah, he can say that. I'm reminding you. I'm reminding I can say all these anti-Semitic jokes. It's not really anti-Semitic, but it's I, I do think people perceive it that way. When people say Hollywood Hollywood accounting, it's like, ah, uh, Jewy Jewersons. Hmm. These fucking Jewy Jewersons out in Jewywood are, you know, Jew, they're juking the stats. Wow. Well, let's see. I think I watched a movie recently. Trying, uh, I watched Zodiac pretty recently. It's a great movie. I love it's that movie. It's pretty good. Which Movie funny, magic. so my dad, uh, I talked to my dad, and it finally happened. A moment I have been dreading since oh, I was no. a boy of 12. Okay. Uh, my dad asked me if I'd ever seen a movie called Boogie Nights. <laughs> you know? Why? Why? Ever since you I was didn't 12, want to talk I've been about... like, man, I hope my dad didn't ask me about Boogie Nights. <laughs> well, my dad hates pornography. Okay. And he, but, and so somehow he came across some article talking about how good Boogie Nights is. And he's like, what is this movie, Boogie Nights? And I'm like, Dad, you're going to hate it, but it's a great movie. Yeah. And he's like, well, I mean, why am I going to hate it? And I'm like, well, you hate pornography. And mm. it's about pornography. It's about how they made pornography in like the 70s and 80s. Yeah. So I haven't asked him, but I'm really hoping he watches it. Because it will, the thing is, it's a great movie, and I don't know what will happen. It might break his brain a little bit. Well, it's not about how, maybe he'll like it because it's about how pornography is bad. Because it's not like people end up doing too great in that movie. Yeah. It's not. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, think... he's seen movies with titties in them before, right? You know, he's seen, yeah. I think he's seen Scorsese it. movies. He's I, seen. I told him to watch Zodiac instead. I was like, Dad, skip uh, Boogie Nights, watch Zodiac. 
Zodiac, Zodiac is great. I, I well, that would also be more his speed because mm-hmm. you know it's more removed. It's less. It's not sexually explicit. It's yeah, also Zodiac not as deep as Boogie Nights. He didn't do much sex stuff, I guess. No, just killed killed people. Just knifed them to very cool songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did he? Think about the Zodiac. Well, you know how? What's the song they play when he's knifing the couple? Is it Hurdy Gurdy Man, which yeah, we've referenced? So. On the, yeah. We already. Please, there's already an we episode are, where I'm you, not gonna do that with you doing that. <laughs> yeah. I think we started uh, an episode with you doing Hurdy Gurdy Man. Yeah, that is Hurdy Gurdy. It's called Hurdy Gurdy Man. That episode. <laughs> Go back to that episode. Wow. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, or, yeah, he, the thing about the Zodiac Killers, he would only do it to very cool 60 songs. So he would also, it would be funny if they had just a whole compilation of Zodiac killing him to like, uh, son of a preacher man. <laughs> and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like, uh, fire by Arthur Brown. <laughs> You just do a whole compilation, and because they caught the guy recently, so maybe you could do the Zodiac soundtrack. Wait, what? What do you mean they caught the guy? Well, they didn't catch the guy. Apparently, he's been dead for years, but uh, dead for three years. Gary Francis Post. They have evidence to suggest he was the Zodiac killer, but who knows? It might just be a psyop. But I thought that they um, thought it was that other guy, Arthur Lee Allen, who yeah. apparently is the brother from the Drew Carey show. Who's, he's also another. He's the. I don't know why that's the first thing I think. You mean of the him. actor who plays him? Uh, no, it's the actual brother. Okay. No, yeah, it's the actor. It's uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't not, know. It's <laughs> he has he has three names, but I don't know what they are. But he's a recognizable character actor, and he's very. He played the clown in the fourth season of American Horror Story. Please tell me you did not watch. All four seasons of, or you remember even more. There, there are like fucking ten seasons of oh, American no. Horror Story. That shit is the gays and insane women keep that show alive because it's made for them. I, uh, I tried to watch it and I was a little underwhelmed. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. But if you like, so Ryan Murphy is like this Gen X guy who, by dint of all of his successful shows, has been given unlimited power. So he basically just to, gets to express his id throughout the universe and manifests it through the American Horror Story show. So if you want to see what, like, a white gay man from the 90s, if you want, if you want to see what he thinks and what his innermost psychological hang-ups are, that is the show. And I think that is valuable information. And I there's think. a bunch think, of them. Like it's a, there's like an American every kind of show now, right? Yeah, but not all of them. I, I believe American Horror Story is uniquely Ryan Murphy show because it's like dark glee. What if glee was dark? Hmm. You know? Uh, <laughs> and it has that effusive musical theatery quality that I think turns off a lot of people. Rightfully so. But for me, I, I like it. It's very hammy. It's very over the top. Wow. Well, it's very. It's it's very uh, also pandering to gay people. Very pandering to this mainstream gay audience. That's funny. Of fellow Gen X queers as well. Which is a, <laughs> Gen X queers very funny demographic. Gen X queers the funniest demographic. I love you all. 
Because they, you know, they didn't get AIDS. You know, the, the boomers are the ones that got AIDS. I guess the Gen Xers got AIDS. Mm. Well, keep talking about that while I go use the bathroom. A very rare All occurrence. Right. Uh, because, but I, I drank too many teas before the show. Yeah. So there you're going to you have go. to vamp for approximately All right, I'll talk, uh, talk about seconds. my... So I, I, I guess what I'm thinking is... Uh, so I am a queer person. I'm a gay man. Uh, and I grew up in extreme privilege in that I, I'm also I'm straight passing. People don't clock me as gay until they hear me talk, uh, which is very good. It's very useful. That's uh, You can hide in plain sight that way. Um, so I never got bullied for being gay. I got bullied for being gay in the pejorative sense. I got bullied for being, you know, fucking gay. But I didn't get bullied for being gay. Also, I wasn't out in high school, and it was very. And I wasn't out until after college. But the the thing about it is, these, uh, the struggle of the previous generation of of gay people born from like 1940 to 1965, um, you know, from the beginning of the baby boom to the tail end, they went through. I mean, a measurable hardship compared to me. Like, the average gay person living in that time was was fucking fucked if they decided to live out and proud. You know, there was just not a lot of room for them unless you were someone like me and you could pass for straight and you could keep your life hidden. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there were good places, but um, it was generally a much rougher place for... Uh, someone like that and that sometimes i feel like today's today's tender queers really don't know i mean some of them do i'm sure lots of people are getting bullied at school and are getting beaten up but uh, i feel like the the previous generation of gays uh which is not to say they should be absolved of all their problematic options but uh their their problematic opinions or or they shouldn't be challenged on stuff but like all of your friends didn't die of AIDS. That's did something you, um, they all went. All of their friends died of AIDS. That's crazy. Can you imagine? Did you? Um, Can you imagine all of your? Did you? I'm here in the Chappelle special when he talks about like the old generation of gays. Yeah. What is? I didn't listen. What is he? What is Dave Chappelle saying? Well, about he just says he likes the old gen, the Stonewall generation of gay people. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that is. Uh, I, I think there is, like, that idea of... Because you'll see a lot of those Stonewall generation of gay people who are not Gen Xers, who are, like, uh, older than that, but they're like, Honey, look, we had bigger problems than pronouns, you know, and they'll they'll be like that. Mm -hmm. uh, which is an, op it's an opinion, one that I'm not, like, uh, I, I don't support, but once again, I, I say, like, you know, sort of go gentle on them, because all their friends died of AIDS. That's mm. stop. Go well, gentle on them if you seek to spread knowledge. It's funny because we're going to have to go gentle on like um, baby boomers now in the next tw 10, 20 years because all their friends died of coronavirus. They're, oh, yeah. It's a really sad for really sad for the boomers. They're losing really all their sad. guys. It's really yeah. sad for them. Oh, yeah. It's really sad for really the boomers. Sad. All right. Uh, they're... they're their canasta clubs are going unattended. Baby boomers historically play a lot of canasta. 
their 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 wine mixers are are being unattended. You know, there's it's just Wally and and Saffron at the wine mixer, and they're terribly lonely. They have nothing to talk about. Wally loves Dune. Saffron, Saffron is not a baby boomer name. Sa- uh, she was raised by she was raised <laughs> she changed her name as a hippie as and a stuck hippie. with okay. it. She opened up a line of cosmetics. Uh, of earth-friendly cosmetics, and that's how that's, she's going to wine mixers. I I guess I th- that's the other thing in my head. Why do I think all baby boomers are rich? I see lots of poor baby boomers all the time, but I've gotten it in my head because of this marketed generational warfare that you know I have to hate these people because they were uh, of a they are of a certain age. It's very that's another way. It's another way they tear us apart. Who is the they? Way they try and do it. It's they. It's like it's the, the Hollywood. Are you accounting. talking about the Hollywood uh, accountants? Hollywood again? accounting types. Yeah, the Hollywood accountants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but not, I think uh, I. I guess it's not done intentionally. I. I think we say they try to atomize it, but we like doing it to ourselves. We like dividing arbitrary lines. Uh, some people do. Yeah, just I don't like know radio how much of it is. Yeah, you do it this... to yourself. You do. That's what really hurts. Yeah, you do it to yourself. I like that song. It uses an octatonic scale. Yeah. Music it's lessons a, with Alex and Steven. There you go. It's we an should do a tonic scale. Let's do a music lesson episode soon, where we just do like we we talk about a, a music theory concept and then we demonstrate it on an instrument. Why not? People love learning. They love learning from podcasts with their friends with gentle voices. <laughs> what Octatonic. a or, wow! Uh, we should we should do the and we should just do it as Kruder and Dorfmeister. Uh, that might be a little late. Just the whole episode in Badger. And what we have here is we have the C major scale. And everybody likes the C major scale. It goes like this. Oh, that was me poorly playing it. But you understand the C major scale. You poorly played it, Cruder. I poorly poorly played the C major scale. And, uh... But, uh, you can can do great things with chords. Everyone likes chords. That's when you... Chords, yes. Everyone likes chords. We play them together chords. like this. And there's a very nice C major chord. The a chord, I should say. A, a I'm ch- pronouncing chord. it. Forgive my English. Yeah. I'm from I'm from Bayern. Play an aug- <laughs> play an augmented cor- ar- interval or arpeggio. Oh, that's an augmented, very mysterious, very mysterious chord. That one? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, you know, all the intervals are equal and we're very scared by equal intervals. Something of course, that we don't of like. Of course, the intervals are equal. Of course, the intervals they are. are equal. Why yes. would they. What, what would you. Imagine a scale where the, the intervals are gradually getting smaller. That would be crazy. <laughs> In metal, they use the tritone, which is four equal intervals. People don't like those intervals. Tritone, 
More like try hard. That's what I say. Haha. <laughs> cruder, cruder out. Ooh. We should do um, covers of Jimi Hendrix on melodica and organ. <laughs> that would be, everyone would like that. That's that's very twee. That's very that's sort of like getting at the aesthetic that people hate about Wes Anderson. They covered. <laughs> they covered Hey Joe. <laughs> I guess that's not a Jimi Hendrix song. He covered Hey Joe. What's a Jimi Hendrix song? Oh, you're right. Uh, Purple Haze uses the tritone. Yeah, Purple Haze would be. Well, the thing about they always say Purple Haze uses the tritone, but like it also it's like a it really depends on the recording of it. Sometimes it is a tritone. Sometimes it's more like uh, an octave with a tritone. So it's like a full chord. Yeah. <laughs> There's a there's a lot of uh, there was a lot of performative love for Steely Dan over the over the previous year on Twitter, which I participated in for sure. But uh, I would like more performative love for Jimi Hendrix. I feel like Jimi Hendrix somehow is still underrated. I know that's a weird take to have, but he's like people mock boomer music, but Jimi Hendrix fucking rules. You have to be fucking brain dead not to love Jimi Hendrix. I mean, in, in I opinion. feel I don't know. I I list. He was my favorite guy for a long time growing up. Probably why I started playing guitar. That's why I got mm-hmm. a white Stratocaster. Yes. I mean, I don't know. Jimmy Page also had a, I think a white Stratocaster at some point. Maybe not. He, he Jimmy mm-hmm. Page more known for the Gibson, but he would occasionally play Strat. Um. Yeah, I don't know. People don't really. It's hard because of the internet now. The culture is is not unified in that way. We have and Spotify means that anyone can listen to whatever fucking shit Spotify recommends. So everyone's listening to like niche stuff mm. that Spotify has recommended to them. Mm. But the return of, of Jimi Hendrix as like a mass cultural icon is something that they probably have to make a, like a really shitty. I'm sure they've they must have already made a Jimi Hendrix biopic that tanked. Yeah, look it up. Yeah, that I think a couple have have occurred. I mean, your the most recent one they had um, the guy from Outcast. I think. Right. <laughs> Jesus, you're right. I didn't see this movie. Well, it it tanked. The problem is that the family never authorizes the actual like actual Jimi Hendrix songs. That's probably good. Yeah, it means they're, you know, the world is being bereaved of a potential amazing movie. But we could be we could be cashing in on his image right now. Yeah, yeah, we could be making movie studios a lot of money. So, mm. I think it makes sense. Uh there's uh I love Little Wing. Everybody loves Little Wing. Yeah. Well, she's walking through the clouds. Oh boy, you're doing I the Stevie do Ray Vaughan. Version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that uh, is that that version is inferior. There is a who, who else did a cover of Little Wing? It's been covered a lot. People yeah. love that song because it's so fucking good. Devo should have. I wish Devo covered it. Well, she's walking through the clouds. Yeah, okay. Mark Mother's bow voice. That's I guess that's an, an approximation. Lillian's hard. That's a hard song to play on guitar. Yeah. Most Hendrix songs are pretty hard. He was always using his thumb. 
It's like all yeah. these crazy chords where he's like got bass notes with the thumb, and you're like, what? How am I supposed to wrap my whole thumb around the neck? He knew how to do it. He was a uh, he was a technician once again. Idiosyncrasy. That is what we look for in art. The that's what the, the, trying to identify the X factor, what people call it. But yeah, who uh, the Jimi Hendrix? Uh, there was this certain level of self-invented guitar technique, which he used, which is always very impressive when somebody is able to just create this unique language on an instrument out of whole cloth which is what's so amazing about him like there's a really unprecedented style which is uh why why he's so special and why you did good on that one boomers a plus boomers <laughs> what are some other boomer a pluses you know janice Joplin, i can leave oh, doris i can leave dang too ugly for you no, she's fine. Her music is just uh, it's kind of boring. Uh, well, okay, music. the I doors. I mean, she's fine. The doors. I, I like the one song, which is uh, <laughs> "Come on, come on, come on, touch me, babe." I like I like Can't a lot of doors songs. That I am not afraid. Ba -ba -ba -ba. I, I like them because I think Ray Manzarek sucks, but is insane. <laughs> he's bad, I think he's yeah. insane, and he and his choices are bad, but but incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, light my fire. The like the leading line for light my fire. Do 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 do. It's so fucking clumsy and weird. I love it. It's such a bad choice. They were all on so many drugs. Um, fucking Robbie Krieger rocks though. Robbie Krieger's a fucking great guitarist. I love him. He's probably the best thing about the Doors. I I imagine. That's probably not an unpopular opinion. In the same way that people say, oh, it's jo I don't owe oh, the Smiths, but Johnny Marr. I love Johnny Marr. Yeah, and Johnny Marr's Morrison. great. He's really good. Johnny Marr is great. He's genuinely a great guitarist. But you got to love Morrissey, too. He's an essential part of the Smiths. It's not the Smiths without Morrissey and his, his crooning nonsense about cows and, <laughs> like, being gay. <laughs> Yeah, the cow, like, every song is like, the cow broke up with me and I am sad. I'm vegan and I'm gay and secretly deaf and nobody cares. Uh, nobody boomer music cares. Uh, in uh, The Who. The Who? The like, Who is great. Like, there's, like, a thread on Twitter that was, like, name your favorite drummer. And it was, like, everyone was, like, oh, man, I can't choose between John Bonham or, or Keith Moon, man. It's like, are you guys uh, I, in seventh grade? Because that was what I talked about in seventh grade. Yeah, that's me. Everybody likes cho everybody likes having their idols, you know. Hendrix is God. The people said fucking Clapton is God. Imagine having Clapton as your fucking God. Oh, but he's got Terrible such a good tone. God. He's all, he's known for his tone. <laughs> so his tone. Everybody like it's nothing. It's nothing. You're listening to nothing. He's untalented. <laughs> he's, his music is bland, like a beef Wellington. Oh, you know, he had some uh, innovative ideas with Cream. All of those, I assume, came from Jack Brooks and Felix Papalardi. Mm, some of the, like, some of the almost earliest wah solos were from Cream. Sure. Sure. We'll give him the wah. We'll give him the popularization. Of, believe... But Jimi Hendrix did the wah so much better. Uh, he did Knocked it better, but not water. first. I'm pretty sure Clapton was 
was not he didn't like invent the wah pedal but he no i think with the what is it tales of brave ulysses i think is the first wah guitar solo yeah yeah walk a lot is that well i'm sure i don't know if it's the first i'm sure they're like the electric prunes or somebody did one like, yeah well it's the first major one let me there's let always me, there's always some first band let me know? ask google first recorded wah solo first recorded what was like the first recorded wall so because i always I feel thought like it was tales of brave ulysses we're pop culture detectives now like chuck klosterman we're, we're gonna write a book like chuck klosterman and everybody According will to wikipedia love among the first recordings featuring wawa pedal were tales of brave ulysses and oh, burning of the midnight lamp by Jimi hendrix so there you go they were both 1967 but i'm pretty sure tales of brave ulysses was for, for, for yes uh, uh uh but uh Jimi hendrix un- indisputably a more talented technician uh and elevated hey, clapton's good enough pedal. for the beatles uh that I, I my unpopular opinion is that i do not like the song while my guitar gently weeps i think it's boring it's got boring chords <laughs> and i think it's like i think the intro to the piano is dun 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 it's yeah. very it's very silly it feel, it, I, I don't know it feels very like amateurish for where the beatles were at that point but uh I, I don't know. I always, I always thought it was sort of a lazy sounding song. Even like the guitar, you'd, you'd have to go for that like sort of British blues thing. It's more in line with that sort of blind, faithy, creamy version of stuff, which I, I sort of have less affection for in the Beatles catalog than, oh, we're being wimbly wombly weirdos and we're singing about the sun. <laughs> that's, why, <laughs> that's why you got to listen to XTC because it's, yeah. it's they're just wimbly wombly weirdos. Yeah, and <laughs> oh, we're talking about the birds in an interesting way. Look <laughs> at the fingers of the glass and my shield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I yeah. Be, uh, that's another thing is uh, people hating on the Beatles because I mean, why not? You can hate on bands. Who cares? Caring about people hating music is very very teenage behavior yeah it's, it's fun to see it happen it's fun when yeah. someone gets pissed about you saying something uh bad about a band they like yeah it's some of my favorite <laughs> things to see happen but people get really invested they like base their personality around bands to some degree or uh, like because they they've devoted so much of their own self-essence to bands they get very incensed when people <laughs> uh take that part away from them or mock it it becomes part of their identity and painful. Yeah, Primus, uh, um, a Gen X band, uh, I think, was very conscious of that and why they made their like slow, fan slogan is Primus sucks. Yeah. And so they plan on that. I saw it this week on Twitter. A Twitter user, I think it was Jane, Jane OST, said Metal, uh, Metalocalypse, Death Clock for Metalocalypse sucked. Mm-hmm. it's like a cartoon novelty band mm-hmm. which is fine i don't share that opinion i think they're i think their music is fun and the fact that they're like a novelty band doesn't bother me but people were getting uh, and i don't agree with the take but it's fine you can have that take it doesn't make me mad people were going in fucking insane just defending this fucking cartoon band it was great it was great to see people really have invested so much of themselves in fucking death clock they're willing to die. Mm. Well, to die for die. death club. They're self-fulfilling prophecy. Die. I, if someone, I wonder if anyone has ever gotten 
shot over mocking somebody's if anyone has ever died because somebody has mocked someone's favorite band yes definitely <laughs> you think that did that happen in black metal a lot you think? i think no i think it probably started happening with with generation x um, <laughs> they, they were very band conscious oh yeah they're because like who your favorite bands were that's like part like you know you didn't have a facebook profile to tell people who your favorite bands were you had to like develop your favorite bands by actually like you know it was much harder to figure out the culture mm -hmm. and and find your own way culturally you, you didn't have everything like spread out on a platter by various different social media platforms everybody was ethan hawk in reality bites sure i don't i saw that movie when i was like 14 it's a bad movie. I, and I mean, no, nobody was actually like. Pretty sure people. I rented it because it had Winona Ryder in it. So. She's a cutie. Yeah. She'll she'll bat her eyes. She's still a cutie. We yep. love Winona, and the fact that she got busted for the cool crime of shoplifting <laughs> makes her even cooler. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's that's a very funny right wing thing that has happened. Up is people getting mad over shoplifting. So what the fuck do you care? Who cares if the like a Rexall loses it? I don't know, man. What's another boomer band? Uh, another boomer band. Another boomer A plus band. Uh, well, everybody Steely Dan's a boomer band. That's an easy one. Yeah. Uh, everybody likes Steely Dan, but uh, uh, who are from like the '60s? The legendary. The legendary is Todd Rundgren. No. Todd Rundgren is a guy. I guess no, he's count. Like I mean, age-wise, he counts. But he's like I'm thinking like who's like on the top, the top classic uh, the top rock tier stations you of know? like the '60s. Is Van Halen uh, boomers with Van Halen boomers? They probably were. I feel like I feel like they're on the cusp. No, like they, well, they, they were on the cusp of like popularity, but. Eddie Van Halen was pretty old when they got popular, I, right? I mean, I mean, punk music is also boomer music. So, like, is it? You can't say punk music is Gen X music. So. No, yeah, punk music's boomer. Uh, so all those guys are like A pluses. Ramones are A plus in my eyes. Um, yeah, uh, Eddie Van Halen was born in 1955, so he's firmly a baby boomer. Yeah, but I feel like that music isn't considered boomer music in the same way that I, I i feel like like the music that's really legendary to the baby boomers is the 60s music you know that's right the, yeah that's really the deified era because it was also the last era that people cared about stuff yeah bob dylan and, is the biggest boomer musician yes you're right which is i i mean bob dylan for, i don't care about bob dylan he's okay he's not my favorite guy I don't think he's bad, but he's... Uh... Yeah, secretly gay, right? Really? Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan. Sucking, sucking dick. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> How does it feel? <laughs> sucking a dick. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you? Suck a dick. You look so fine to suck a dick, and now you suck a dick. In Sucking my dick in the balls. Yeah. There you go. So, um, <laughs> who else we got here? Uh, the top boomer picks. 
That's uh-huh. that's where it's heading. It's like boomer A plus to boomers. Uh, it's funny you ask my dad, who's not a boomer. He's a previous to silent generation. He'll be like, "Oh, Fats Waller, oh, Fats <laughs> Domino," and it's like everyone's named Fats something. Everyone's Fats, yeah. <laughs> You couldn't get away with that. You couldn't have like uh, you couldn't have like Megan Trader be Fats Trader. <laughs> that would be really, really, really good if if a new like R and B artist, a new hot R and B artist, is a fat yeah. person, and they bring back having Fats be your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Fats Fats Minneapolis. Uh, <laughs> Fat, That'd be a it, good rapper name. I mean, there was there was fat rapper. There was Fat Joe. Yeah. Uh, there was the Fat Boys, but they were spelled with the PH. Well, maybe he should be called Fats Joe. Fats Joe. Yeah. <laughs> he was the old the old timey Fat Joe transported I, I fat to the nineteen forty. Fat Joe has an old Jewish boomer agent who's constantly calling him Fats Joe. <laughs> now listen here, Fats. Told you a million times, Morty, is Fat Joe. Okay, Fats, we're gonna go gold on this one. We're gonna go gold on your on your record. I don't know anything about Fat Joe. Was he part of Terror Squad? He's good, I, I guess. I, I I haven't listened to that rap. Well, we want to say he's good to avoid any sort of violent backlash from his fan base. This fan base, who I'm sure, listened to this. We have podcast, a big tons of Fat Joe listeners. A big share of Fat Joe fans that listen. A big intersection. Spotify of fat Joe does fans, the you know? Spotify does a handy analytics, so we know who not to insult and who we can who can we can say is garbage. Turns out, a lot of our our well trodden topics like Calvinism, uh, <laughs> Fat Joe talks a lot about Calvinism as well, because of his uh, religious upbringing. Yeah, well, we we don't actually talk about Calvinism. We pretend we should, we to know what it means. It. it it means something. It means Pre, liking predestination. Nah, it means it's. I mean, it encompasses. It encompasses a big faggot of used in the in the old sense of the faggot old, in of the old timey sense of a co- yeah. collection of different sticks. Collection of sticks. That was in in law school uh, when they were talking about property. They would always refer to the the rights of property as a bundle of sticks, and I would always be going, "Wow, do you know what else that is? Is that, is that do why you know what the synonym for bundle of sticks is?" <laughs> You're like raising your hand. You're like, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, the head goes straight up. <laughs> do you know? Do you want to hear a little historical fact? Yeah. Everybody like everybody loved me in law school. I was the faggot guy. <laughs> called yeah, so that's, and that's that's the story you tell in your head. That everyone calls me the faggot guy because I like to say <laughs> because, because I knew the answer to what a bundle of sticks was. It has nothing to do with who I am, and they're not being mean to me. It's because I raised my hand and said what the word meant. I'm going to take ownership. My name is the faggot guy now. I am the faggot guy. <laughs> I will do whatever the faggot guy wants to do, and I will, I will accentuate my will as the faggot guy. No one can stop the faggot guy. After I finish law school, it's going to be the faggot guy LLC. Yeah. I imagine that's if I saw uh, if I ever met Steve Martin, I would pretend that that I thought the name of the jerk was actually the faggot, and then I would be like, "You, you're in that movie, right?" 
<laughs> and then he would hate me. And that's exactly what I want to happen if I meet Steve Martin. You want to raise Steve Martin's ire. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably <laughs> would, record It would be him. funny to... Yeah. Dude, I bet he would be very withering. I bet getting chewed out by Steve Martin is probably not great. No, I bet it's like a roast. I bet it's, it's awesome as fuck. He's probably going to, like, chew you out. <laughs> it would be, who would be, like, uh, the funniest guy, the funniest comedian to get intimidated by? Like, it'd be funny for, like, I would love like John to, Mulaney. I'd to love to be intimidated by Louis C.K. Like, I would love to be, like, a, a barista purposefully yeah. making Louis C.K.'s drink wrong just to have him <laughs> chew me out. You, you draw you draw a penis in the foam. Dry, dry a penis jacking <laughs> off like, in the foam. What's this supposed to mean? What the hell is this? What is this supposed to mean? My daughters. Uh, That's uh, kind of far. I think I was somehow closer. There you go. I don't know. I don't know what Louis C.K. is doing. Apparently, he's uh, apparently he's being supported by a network of chummy stand-up comedians. What he has mean? a support network. You mean he, hmm? like they're giving him money? I don't know who's giving Louis C.K. money. I'm sure some people are giving Louis. He's booking shows. Oh, he's booking shows. Great. Yeah, it's, he's he's not like he he like there's still an audience of people who are like we're still with you, Louis. That wasn't bad enough. That was, and you know, I don't know if I found out a close friend is jacking off in front of women against their will, but he doesn't do it anymore. (laughs) I don't do it anymore. (laughs) That's such a funny excuse. Look, I jacked off in front of women against their will, but I don't do it anymore. You know. Is he, does he have Look, a I rela- killed a guy, but I don't do that anymore. Not comparing killing a guy to, I don't know. Oh, my God. Well, let's see. I'm going to his website, Tickets. Wow, I could actually go see him this November in Detroit. There you go. Should I do go it? Go to a Louis C.K. show in Detroit. Please email houseofdecline at gmail.com with a yes or a no in the subject line as to whether or not I should pay to go see Louis C.K. in November. That's all we have time for on this week's episode of House of Decline. Uh, Alex, you want to do us do our do our trademark sign out? Yeah, uh, trademark sign out. Yeah, I, e- yeah the- I, I emailed you the trademark sign out. You didn't. No. What? Come on. That's our trade. Wait, you, wait, you did? Yeah, I emailed you the trademark sign out. Oh no! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> God I'm fucking it. up again. You're I've been fucking up. up this whole time. I'm going to be fired from my own podcast. Yeah, I am the boss. Yeah, that is. That we agreed. We agreed on that at the beginning. Okay. You can go back to the first episode where it's I a, submitted. It's a boss. And you're not my employee. You're my peon. Yeah, yeah. I peon. Uh, yes, there you go. The classic. <laughs> the classic peon bit. <laughs> it's my favorite bit. <laughs> Relating it to urination.